This episode brought to you by SoftLayer, an IBM company. If you're an entrepreneur, SoftLayer has created an incredible program just for you. It's called Catalyst. Catalyst offers amazing perks for you and your company, including credits to use their servers, mentorship, connections, and marketing support. To find out more, visit softlayer.com slash catalyst. Again, that's softlayer.com slash catalyst to find out more about this amazing program. This week, we discussed the ins and outs of bootstrapping, how to do it, and what you need to know. We also sat down with amazing VC and friend Rafael Corrales from CRV in San Francisco. He shares his insight into the current status of venture financing and a few tips to get a VC's attention. All this and more on this episode of Inside Outside. Running a startup is hard. Running one outside the valley is even harder. Inside Outside is a podcast for inside access to startups outside the valley. Each week, we'll bring you real insights, raw stories, and tactical advice from founders and startup teams around the country. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Inside Outside. You're looking to startups outside Silicon Valley. My name is Matt Boyd. I'm Brian Ardinger. I'm Paul Jarrett. This week, we are coming to you from Skype. We are uh, trying our new live kind of scenario. It's going to be pretty fun to see how this thing works out. How do you guys feel? It three remote locations. All over it. Yeah, it is. Three, three <laughs> remote locations because Matt Boyd will be moving on. And yeah, so this has disaster written all over it. <laughs> so bleep, I'm actually going to bleep me twice. I have, <laughs> I have raising canes. I have my dinner sitting here and I have two little dogs just staring at it. So we're going to see how this long is, it takes before they just start spazzing out. This is a dream though. We're, uh, you know, sitting in our house uh, on a Sunday night, nine 30, you know, working on a podcast, just kind of doing our thing. So yeah. it's freaking awesome. So what are we, so, yeah, what are we, I hear little, uh, text message told me, uh, bootstrapping. Yeah, so this week we're going to be talking about bootstrapping, um, what it's like to to bootstrap a company, or you know, advice when it comes to uh, to actually doing that. So um, let's kick it off. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, so much of the press is around you know venture financing and finding that first angel and first VC and such, but you know, the vast majority of us really have to um, pull out our own wallets and and get to work and and build a product and and bootstrap as much as you can. So. I think it's an important topic to talk about because I think a lot of times you get, it gets overlooked with the uh, all the media around uh, venture back stuff. I do feel like bootstrap get really pissed at people that raise capital. <laughs> do you guys ever get that vibe? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, yeah. Oh, so it's so easy. I'm like, it's either any way you do it, it's hard. Like in, <laughs> in, in my humble opinion, um, you know, technically when we started our company, we bootstrapped, which was basically we just burned up all of our own cash. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's until the way we to start. Capital, right? Yeah, but we, we didn't intend on bootstrapping it. So um, I think it's probably one of those scenarios where the grass is always greener, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and there's like pros and cons to it. And, and I always think about people that bootstrap and I'm like, oh man, like they don't have you know, an executive board to answer to. They don't have, um, you know, investors to answer to. They don't have, you know, all these things that they have to do. Um, where on the flip side, people that bootstrap are, you know, like, oh man, like I need to make enough money for, you know, wh- whatever it is. It's kind of the slower course for sure. I think like, you know, a lot of times people raise uh, venture capital because they're, uh, they, they figured out product market fit. They figured out a machine that actually like is proven to work. So right. then all you need is capital to kind of scale that. Right. So, um, versus the kind of bootstrapping. So we bootstrapped squiggle 
up into a certain point until, you know, we, we had a little bit kind of that we had proven out and we had a little bit of traction that, that we could say, you know, go to VCs and say, okay, here's, here's what we've done that's worked. Right. Um, and I, but I've seen, I, I've seen, you know, software companies start and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll bootstrap literally the entire life of their company. Yeah. So what are your, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, look I'm, at a company like 37 Signals and, and Basecamp and, you know, I think they bootstrapped from the beginning and the, they're, entire outlook was let's just build based on customers um, yeah. and obviously that's the cheapest source of revenue uh, yep. or cheapest source of equity and that don't don't give away your company uh, how you know your customers pay for what you need and and build a profitable business and it, but some there's a different type of business model um, it requires maybe different people that you even bring on you know uh, your co-founder whoever you bring on you, you should know if you're going into that venture are you going in with a kind of a bootstrap mindset or are you going in right. with a venture mindset yep. Because um, I think both of those can have a a, a different different effect. Um, it doesn't mean that if you start bootstrapping, it doesn't mean you can't go out and raise money. But um, they're definitely the pace, like you mentioned, or the speed at which you build your business is sometimes different based on the type of financing you decide to go with. Yeah, I think when you when you bootstrap, it gives you a much um, better foundation, right? And you have time to figure things. Or maybe not necessarily time, but you spend more time like building that really solid like foundation on things. And for people that raise capital, you're always kind of in a, in a race against time, right? Um, what are, what do you guys think are some examples of, you know, if I'm going to start a company and I'm, you know, on, on one side, I can, you know, use up all my own cash or, you know, put it on credit cards or um, don't go to a bank. Um, <laughs> do not go to a bank. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just telling you, don't go take out a loan. Um, everybody, there's going to be some opinion on that. But if, you, if you're on the, the side of, should I you know, raise capital or should I bootstrap? Like, What do you guys think are kind of that delineation of when you should or should not? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of times I have a conversation with people and they're like, well, I'm not sure if I sh- should or I should not. And I kind of have some opinions on, you know, exactly when you should or when you shouldn't, or if you ever should um, raise capital. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think at the early stages, when you're trying to figure out, you know, do you have, is your idea something that people want in that? It's, I think it's good to bootstrap, you know, from the standpoint of try to find your first customers out there that will pay you some money um, and prove out that you have a business model or, or something that people want. Yeah, but from I'm there, you can what start I'm, seeing how fast... Well, but from there, you can decide how fast uh, you really need to throw money on the fire to get to that next level. Right. But I'm saying like, even if I'm just an entrepreneur, like what if I'm like want to open up a coffee shop or something like that? Like when, what is a scenario in which, you know, I'd raise that capital? Because I think it, it really depends on, um, it's all about scaling, right? right? Like in my opinion, that's the only reason that you really need capital is if you want to scale something big. Because you might start a, a coffee shop and bootstrap it, but then all of a sudden you want to franchise it. And that's a good reason to go take capital or to go, you know, get capital and kind of expand that. Yeah, absolutely. There's really no reason to go after venture money unless you have a business model and a, and a desire to uh, put money quickly into something that can grow faster than you could do it if you versus organically, you know, just no right. way you can possibly get to the market you'll, you'll miss the opportunity. You'll not have the, uh, the cash, so that's when you, you know, typically have to go knock on doors and find other people unless you're you know, independently wealthy and can and put that money in yourself. But, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you've got to look at what, what do you want to build and how fast do you want to build it. 
This episode is brought to you by SoftLayer, an IBM company. Pitching is one of the major challenges in the early stage of starting a company. This week, Rich discusses how to craft your pitch by telling a unique story. Now back to the show. So what are uh, some of the things you, you can do if you're going to bootstrap to, um, to be more effective at it? Like if you're going to go that path. Well, I think uh, the biggest thing is you should really know your numbers. Um, like whenever you're bootstrapping something, I feel like the projections actually mean something. They mean something really, really sick. Like a lot of times whenever startups come up with projections, it's like it's kind of a pie in the sky number. It's to, well, here's, to uh, here's you know, what, sorry to cut you up, but here's what it is. It's like when you're a startup, you project of like what could happen in like a perfect scenario opportunity case. Right. But uh, when you're yeah. bootstrapping, yeah, you're yeah. like, this is what's going to happen. Exactly. Because I you have no other I choice. I need to have a sale. Yeah, I've, I've got to hit the sale or I can't pay for my buffer account or XYZ or can't uh, afford to put food on the table this month. Exactly. So I think that it, it even becomes more and more uh, imperative that you know, like the cost of goods sold, you know, the, you know, the, all, all of the, the various uh, aspects of your business inside and out so that you can actually like figure out, are you going to be able to, yeah, pay your, <laughs> pay your bills, like, like live and do all the things that you need to do. So I mean, I think you have to know that regardless of the path, um, cause you're not going to get venture finance, you know, those like the back of your hand, but I think the difference is like the cash flow aspect of it. Um, yeah, early, the, yeah. um when you're bootstrap, it's like, yeah, yeah. how much money do I actually have coming in from a customer? What will that money go to, you know, what, because you're not going to have venture money to, you know, hire that first employee. So how are you going to get to that first employee? Well, you've got to build up enough right. customer base, or something that you have a cash flow that you feel comfortable or, or confident that you could then hire on that first employee. Or, you know, maybe when you're bootstrapping, you've got to be a, a much more thrifty about, you know, what you're spending money on. And rather than spending on, you know, nice chairs or, or whatever to, you know, to put the things around it to, you know, give you a, a position to hire that next employee, you know, you're looking at it from the standpoint of where can I put my dollars so that it actually drives revenue. I kind of like what, what Brian was saying is, is that um, it's kind of being familiar with a different set of numbers, right? So when you're working with investors and VCs and, and um, those people, they want you to be familiar with a very specific set of numbers. Whereas if you're bootstrapping, you kind of need to work in your um, you know, everyday numbers, like the numbers that actually make sense now. Yes, I'm sure somebody on the other side of this listening is like, you should be familiar with both of them. But the reality is, is that they're kind of two different sets of numbers. And I like kind of throwing it as a, you know, from an investor raising capital, it's like, this is what could happen um, versus if you're bootstrapping, like this is kind of what's really happening, right? Um, yeah, yeah, totally. So, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, question for you guys. So if you guys were starting a company today, um, 
would you bootstrap or would you um, raise capital? For, for me, I think it would be a mixture of both. Um, so when would you, like the, so explain that of like starting and, and you know, like when you would raise it. Yeah. I mean, I would do, I would do very similar to squiggle what we did with squiggle, which, uh, we bootstrapped for as long as we needed to, to, to get to market and get, uh, some actual traction that was, uh, you know, kind of, that would be appealing to VCs. Right. So, um, we went probably, we started in January and then we, we bootstrapped and we, we just, you know, didn't take a paycheck for a very long yep. time, probably nine, nine months. But, um, we, yeah, it was literally probably nine months from, from the very, very start to the time we raised and we closed our financing. Okay. Uh, but that, that gave us enough time. It wasn't about just like, you know, um, not getting paid or anything like that. It was really just about building traction. And I think that's what your focus should be. Uh, at least that's what my focus would be if I was doing that. I would just right. literally focus on nothing but traction. What about you, Brian? I would, I'd bootstrap as well, but from a little bit, maybe different perspective from the standpoint of, um, Early on, you're at, uh, with the new venture, you really don't know uh, a lot. I think you have a lot of assumptions going in, and, and maybe you yeah. know more than others. But um, you know that first product, that first MVP you put out there, um, really getting those first five, ten, fifteen, a hundred customers, and really understanding what you're doing, uh, and understanding what the that dynamic is around that uh, is super important. So I would bootstrap from that perspective, and get to the point where you are in a position that you don't have to take money if you don't want to. I think it's, you know, when you have put together a, uh, a company and you're, you bootstrapped it to a point where you can just get by with revenue coming in from your customers, you're in a much better position um, to raise money um, and to you know, understand where to put that money if you were to raise money. I think you're just in a so much better position if you can bootstrap it to a point where you have, um, you know, revenue that's outpacing what your expenses are uh, at that stage. And then you can double down again if you know that, Hey, I'm going to miss this opportunity. Or if I have an additional chunk of change, here's the things I'm going to do to actually, you know, rev the engine. And honestly, it, it but, puts you in a position of leverage. I mean, exactly. if you're, if, if you're, tr- you know, true, but how do you, how do you pay people to do this? You know, like how do you convince somebody to work, you know, for free for nine months or whatever it is? I mean, those are both great scenarios that you guys outlined, but how do you pull that off? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, part of it, you have to build a business around knowing that you're going to bootstrap for a little bit. So knowing that some of the products or things that you would um, kind of introduce might not be something that you would do when you actually turn on the, the venture money. Um, so you may take a consulting project here or there to pay the right. bills, or, or you may do things that um, are more kind of hands-on. It may take more of your time, but you don't have to outsource it to pay for somebody. So I think those yep. are some of the things that you have to look at. I think uh, one of the one of the questions that I have is, um, and this would be interesting to hear you guys take, is kind of around the idea of. How, so I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs who bootstrap, and they're and they are balancing that those kind of like contracting jobs or, or whatever. Um, when it when it comes down to balancing the time <laughs> of of your startup, I mean the startups mm-hmm. take so much of your time and so, so much of your life in yeah. general. Um, how do you? I've seen a lot of companies fizzle out because you know their founders focus on both ends. Exactly, I mean, and their founders like on focused ends. on things that <laughs> on like a game know, that well, doesn't even it, exist. Yeah, so it like, depends yeah. on if you're doing doing consulting where it's it's tangential to the business, but it's not part of the business. Versus like literally trying to figure out what are some of the things that I can sell around this business I'm trying to create that would get me and generate cash quickly. Uh, uh, versus. 
um, you know, doing a side project that you're know, working at McDonald's or whatever, uh, where your you know your time may not be actually tied into the market and the and the business that you're trying to build. So I'm really consciously thinking about what else can I do to drive revenue that may not be scalable or something I would want to do long term, but will pay the bills right now. Yeah. See, I have, I have this all-in mentality where like you go for it or you don't go for it, and so I know like it sounds great, and like I believe that I believe in what you guys are saying, but for me personally, like I'd raise capital out of the gate as quickly as you can. Um, I think that you can also find VCs and investors that have a lot of the crucial connections that you need. So. Um, us, for instance, with Dundee Venture Capital, you know, we took money pretty early and, um, you know, they have a really good experience with like Hayneedle.com, which was a lot of e-commerce experience. So they brought a ton of resources and value on that side to help us get started and get going quicker. So, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but I'm saying for us personally, like I can't imagine, you know, not raising capital and, you know, um, getting a group of people together that, get paid, you know, fair market value and, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So for me, you know, I'm on that side of like raise capital, um, make sure you don't get toasted on giving away equity, but also make sure that those people, like a big reason why you bring them on is to further the company sooner. Especially I think if you're an inexperienced entrepreneur, a lot of those investors can be super, super helpful just helping you figure out things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think my idea is pretty close to yours, but it's it's a little bit of a balanced approach where it's it's bootstrapping in the very beginning when it's just you and your founders, and and yes, you have right. the ability you have the ability to either you know not take a paycheck for a while. I think that's the most ideal scenario. Um, now you may have to balance a job or two, but you know I would I would get paid contractor rates so that you're you don't have to work that much and you can still make you know eke out a living. Um, but then just go as long as you can build traction to where you have a compelling yeah. story to VCs and then go raise funding. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely, man, starting a company, like it's so hard to like start the company and, and, you know, figure things out and then trying to balance that with like contracting work. Holy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't even come down to like, is there, um, you know, can we do it? Like, am I, you know, tough enough or whatever? That just comes down to like just sheer amount of hours in a week. Like there aren't, you know, in my opinion, there just aren't enough hours in a week to pull both of that off. But I guess some people can do it. I would bootstrap as long as you can to, so that you're at a point where you have more leverage going into a, a venture uh, raise than not. I think a lot of people um, start off saying, well, got to raise money. And then they put themselves behind the A ball and they do yep. things and that aren't productive for the company versus if you, early on dig into who your customers are and if you can generate revenue from your customers you, you're on to something uh in that marketplace and then you can leverage that towards venture money or otherwise and at least you have the choice then yep because if you if you raise capital and you rely on that i mean your options are you know right. you have to find capital or find competition so you don't get burned on the terms or you have to be willing to kind of let the company go up and smoke and there's no really like backup plan of, you know, cutting back to whatever. So that makes sense to me. So what, so how do we wrap this conversation up um, regarding bootstrapping? I think for, for me, again, and I've said it a couple times, but it really is just finding a balanced, a balanced approach. But also I think that we, we touched on it, but really understand your own timeline. Uh, go into it knowing whether you want to make this like a really, really long haul and, you know, you can still be a big business, but I, I would just say the pathway to get there is much, much longer and it's probably harder. 
um, versus, you know, venture financing where things are just much, much faster. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I think it, it's really hard to, um, kind of it, it, that balancing act or juggling act or whatever you want to call it is incredibly difficult. And I would encourage people, if you have a scalable business to take a real long, hard look at, um, taking on capital, but also make sure if you do it early that the, the folks that, you know, potentially invest in your company bring a lot to the table to help excel your, um, sooner or later. I guess I would say, you know, design a business model that creates cash quickly and focuses on that part of the business. If you're going to go bootstrapping uh, and watch cash like a hawk. First of all, thanks for coming on the show. It's awesome. Always awesome to uh, connect with you. Um, give us kind of an idea of just uh, who you are, just a quick kind of brief rundown of you and your experience and what you're doing now and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what, what was it like um, as an entrepreneur? And then maybe just kind of compare that with your experience as a VC. How starkly different are they and how are they similar in ways?
Mm, yeah. Um, just kind of thinking, so what are some metrics and milestones startups should be, uh, you know, looking at for kind of post-seed funding? So, you know, you, you just got, you know, one, a million dollar round or whatever, and now you're kind of looking at, at kind of a Series A deal. Um, what, what are some metrics that, that actually kind of uh, will bode well for a startup doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so is there anything, um, anything tangible that you leave the meeting with, or is it just kind of a gut feeling or how, how does that, how does that work? Hmm. Yeah. From, from the LP perspective, do they typically like, uh, one strategy over the other, or is it, is it just kind of up in the air? Like, um, do they, do they like the more gut, gut driven kind of thing or is it more thesis driven?
Yeah, yeah. Do you do you look at deal flow outside the valley? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do startups outside the Valley, is there an extra burden for them, uh, in kind of getting in front of VCs who are in San Francisco and what, what does that look like, um, from the VC perspective? awesome yeah yeah so how is there anything um i guess uh, uh, i guess outside of the gut feeling and how you evaluate startups in the earlier early stage or is it more just again kind of uh alignment of vision and that kind of thing
Mm, yeah. I, I want to shift gears a little bit and think about, um, talk about Learn Boost and just kind of walk me through the story of what it was like kind of getting acquired by WordPress, uh, you know, all the emotion, all the thought going on during that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, what was the, take me into the strategy of focusing on the open source. Um, and cause I remember one time I think you told me that it, that it had a lot to do with recruiting, um, and building a really solid team of incredible engineers. Um, was it, was it centered around that? Was it just that, or was it more than that?
Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Um, just to switch gears a little bit, uh, back to kind of the investing side. So uh, can you just explain briefly what, where we're at as far as the landscape of you know VC and angel capital uh, and, and how it's affecting entrepreneurs raising capital? 